What is metaphysics? Do spells actually work? If so, why? Well, greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 844th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am not Ben. He's doing the producer thing right now, but he'll be back in a minute. And those vexing questions uh, have to do with a very interesting um, uh, guest we have today. It's a rare appearance by a psychic, so we can tackle some deep questions. And we welcome your calls today. It's 401-766-1240 from anywhere. Or email paul at behindtheparanormal.com or contact us by Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Why don't you do the Why don't you do the bio, Ben? Because oh yes, I yes. Sorry, I, I know I didn't didn't mean to. I just glanced and I was like, oh, there's our intro. So producer's so. work is never done. Yeah, basically. Um, so Maria D'Andrea is an inter- internationally known psychic from Budapest, Hungary. Um, from her official biography, uh, since her child her early childhood, she has been dem- or she has demonstrated high spiritual awareness and psychic ability. Over her lifetime and as a spiritual leader, she has provided psychic guidance and enlightenment to many people, assisting them on their own personal path to spiritual self-discovery. Maria is known for a unique form of divination called rune casting. Uh, this method was used by Vikings and Europeans to unlock information about the past, present, and future by tapping into the universal mind. So Maria D'Andrea, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Hello, and thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, it's great to have you on with us, and we're excited as well. It's a little, little, little something different for us. Um, yeah, it is. So we're going to hop right into the first question, which is seemingly very simple and only about six words long, but let's just jump right into it. So what is the <laughs> universal mind? Basically, we look at it as a source. So... The reason we call it a universal mind is because everybody has a different concept of it. It doesn't matter if you call it God, Buddha, or the guy next door. (laughs) It's the same source. It's just a different label that tries to cover everybody. It has nothing to do with really religion as much as your outlook of your belief system, which includes religion. So it's a spiritual way of tuning in so that we look at it as the information coming in psychically really is not us. That's the whole point of it. It's, uh, remember when they used to have the phones with the wires? Now I just age myself. <laughs> so when you look at getting psychic information, the way you're looking at your source is one person that you're reading for is on one end of the phone. Um, the universal consciousness or God or whatever you want to call your source is at the other end of the phone. You as a psychic, you're just the wire. You're just passing on exactly what you're getting. You know. So I always laugh because if you're the best psychic on the planet, the best thing you can say about yourself is you're okay as a tool. So if you had any ego, this would just kill it. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad you brought that up. Here I am, I must... Uh tell our listeners I forgot my tie this morning, which is uh, not very uh, <laughs> like me. I suppose I could put my uh, mask around my neck or something, Ben. Huh? But, uh, you can always fold a piece of paper here yeah. into a tie. If you'd well, like. all that being said, um, I'm glad you brought up the, the nature of psychics, uh, Maria. Now, one of the reasons we don't have psychics on the show very often is because... Um, with the present company accepted, they, they strike us as all kind of being the same. Uh, they have sort right. of this 19th century, un, 
thinking kind of unquestioning approach to with a bunch of assumptions, okay? Now, one of the questions we always ask when we do have a psychic on is, and I think we talked about this when we spoke before we booked you, how do you know what you're talking to isn't, first of all, an aspect of yourself, uh, isn't a parasite, or how do you know that it's what really what it claims to be? Okay, so one of the things that I do, remember I'm also a shaman, so I'm in different fields that are connected to spirituality besides readings, although that's my main um, focus. So the way you know is we do something that's called psychic self-defense. It's a technique, and I teach it. So what that does is it makes sure that you're only tuning into positive. Nothing negative can get around you. Now, the reason for that is this. First of all, if you're tuning into a different source, and it happens to be negative, you can actually get hurt because, you know, as you know, everything is energy. It's positive, negative, everything is energy, and energy is neutral. So if it's raining, as an example, on a farm that has a drought, it's positive. If it's raining and, say, your next-door neighbor is building the ark, not so much, right? But nature is neutral. So when we tune into a source, we want to make sure we only tune into a positive source. If you tune into an negative, you're going to get misinformation, it can be lies, um, it can be harmful. So we always do psychic self-defense first to make sure we're only getting accurate, positive information. Okay, well, well, that, that being said, you know, assuming that the source is what it says it is, how does it know what's going to happen, you know, next year or to, to a particular person, or why would it care? Okay, well, first of all, you don't always tune into your the same source. It depends on the situation, the people, uh, what you need to know and how it's connected to the person. However, to answer your question, it's tuning in, it's, it's like, think of the universe and think of an area, for lack of a better term, because it's not technical, of where there are little tiny, tiny balls of light, light that are energy. Each one tells you about the different planets, um, different people, different situations. So it's more that you're tuning into a source that gives you detail, past, present, future, doesn't matter what it is. Okay? So when you tune into that, it's accurate. We're not accurate if your source is if you're doing protection. And it's not a matter of caring. It's like looking at a book. You know, If you're reading information out of the book, the book is neutral. It just has all the information in it. So I tend to look at it like that. I don't really look for guides. As an example, when you talk to some psychics, you know, they'll say, oh, I had a spirit guide that told me. I don't have that. When I'm working with different people, I get the information from whatever source is going to help them. So I never know exactly which particular one I'm tuning into, but I do know it's positive. And a lot of times when I find it, I'll tell people something that's coming up, and they'll go, well, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, it hasn't happened yet, <laughs> you know. And then three months later, they'll call me because they check. <laughs> so if you're checking, if they're checking on the past or something that's detailed, well, most of my clients are also businessmen, so they're checking on who to hire, where to place them, what their personality is, if they're creative, analytical, that type of thing before they hire them. All right. Well. So, I don't know how much you know about our own work, but our point of view is tends to be uh, I don't know if you want if I if, if I may use the word progressive in the paranormal sense. Uh, <laughs> 
tying into quantum mechanics, things of this kind, which a lot of people exactly. say they do. So, you know, we may be right, we may be wrong. But in our point of view, and I'd like your thoughts on this, all t- this ties into the theory of relativity uh, that all time essentially is simultaneous. There is no past, there is no future, which of course does wonders for things like reincarnation. But nevertheless, <laughs> I mean, you, you've got a, a simultaneity, and we simply experience time as a function of our consciousness because we're not quite there yet as far as being able to take it all in. So... Our our understanding of, of someone who has psychic abilities, and, and we think everybody does because it's simply a, a survival instinct that developed in our, our remote ancestors, or else we wouldn't they wouldn't have had any descendants. Um, that that <laughs> that's something that we we think is is true. But what it does is tie into where we may be in all these simultaneous worlds, various versions of ourselves. Um, you know, in one okay. world. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. So, so does that bear any resemblance to what you yourself are working with? Well, that's exactly it. It's really, in fact, uh, I was just teaching a little while ago because I do seminars, and basically I was saying the same thing, that everybody has it. And I just find it really funny that you said it the same way I teach it. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, <laughs> well, I, well, there we go. Exactly the same because I really feel it's a survival instinct. You know, because when you think of ancient times and tribal, you know, if there's an animal chasing you, before you see the animal, you're already ready. Mm. So I do feel everybody has it, some people more than others, but I look at it like art. Uh, some people are artists, but everybody can draw. Well, it's happened to me, I can barely do stick <laughs> Yeah. Right. yeah. But I really feel that we're working in a holographic universe. So because I do more paranormal work, um, and, you know, I tend to call it a cult. And a cult just means ancient wisdom, hidden knowledge. It isn't positive, it isn't negative. It's understanding the laws of nature to work with them to create positive situations or get rid of negative situations in a positive way. I never work negative. I truly believe in what you put out comes back. So when you call it karma or anything else, I just don't do negative. But huh. a cult just means that. And really, it's an ancient science because chemistry, as an example, came, came out of alchemy. So I always laugh when people think paranormal, and I'm sure you've had this, where they think paranormal and they think you're running around with a little dead pigeon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, a real, you know, and we're a science. Uh, so everything is cause and effect. When we're doing formulas, we're doing it because somebody had a formula that worked to bring in, say, finance as an example. Okay, so they did a formula, it worked, they passed it down. Every time it works, okay, then you pass it down. If you try something and it's hit and miss, we really don't. We can't count on it. So it's very scientific. People just don't understand that part of it, but it really is. So if we try something and it doesn't work, yeah, usually we just don't tell people. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Well, before we get, to, we have a couple of listener questions here, uh, Maria. But mm-hmm. uh, before we get to that, that there is something that that kind of uh, does come up, and uh, again, present company accepted. But one of the mm-hmm. issues that uh, do seem to strike us uh, is that very often uh, people who are psychics or mediums or whatever, people who advise others. And and we don't know you. You're you're on the show because we, we we I had a good conversation with you, and you're very highly thought of by one of our guest co-hosts, 
uh, Tim Beckley. Um, and uh, so we respect that very much. And, you know, if it's okay with Tim, then, then it's good with us. But uh, as a rule, a lot of the psychics we, we deal with have really, really messed up personal lives. And here they are advising <laughs> others. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, why would that be? Or, or is it or is it true? Or are we just getting a wrong impression? <laughs> I think it depends on the person. Yeah. I find, as in, just as an example, what I've been doing this whole time professionally since I'm 16 is psychic and metaphysical work. Paranormal, you know, whatever you would like to call it. I have never, and at this point it's amazing, I have never ever in my life not made a vow. Not ever. Money deals just come in. And a lot of it is because I use the formula. However, um, it doesn't mean you don't have any problems in your life because after all, we're human and oh, yeah. a lot of issues in our lives are free will. But if you're actually using your knowledge, and you know how it is, the more knowledge, the better. You know, if you're actually using that, uh, you can avoid some situations. The ones you can't, you can improve, you can work on it, you can make it better. Uh, I find the way I work, and again, everybody happens, the way I work on a psychic level is if I'm telling somebody something positive and they leave their life alone, that's exactly how it's coming up. Okay? They should just leave it alone. If something negative is coming up in their lives, and I will tell them, if something negative comes up, it's going to tell them what's negative, what caused it, and every single time, it's going to tell them what they can do, not me, what they can do to improve it, change it, or make it better in some way. Whether they make the change or not, that's what it's free will. Okay? If something negative is coming up and they have absolutely no control over it at all, no. I will never get the information because there's no point. I always look at it as there's nobody upstairs going, ha ha, it won't work. <laughs> you, know? Uh. you know, so I, I find a lot of people that are in my field, and again, not negatively, you know, but a lot of the people in my field, you know, um, they write a book, they have the knowledge, which is wonderful, but they don't use it. Yeah, and you know, one of, one of the, the reasons yeah, for that. Which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, one of the background uh, reasons for the question, too, is that we, we know a lot of people, there's nothing to do with psychics, but we know a lot of authors, people who write self-help books and things of this, even financial, they don't take their own advice, <laughs> which I find rather amusing. Yeah, so, uh, so I see what, you, what you're saying there. Uh, ben, did you have anything? I'm, I'm walking all over the time here. Uh, I'm, I'm oh, formulating I'm, some things. Okay. All right. Well, well let's the other see. Thing, the, other thing, okay, yeah. the other thing I like to say is, as an example, you know a lot of books out. <laughs> yeah. A lot oh, yeah. Of and they're, they're all basically how-to books on spiritual, psychic, paranormal, like, you know, with how things that people can do for themselves. That's why I love to teach, because I feel the more things people can do for themselves, the better their lives get, people around them. So I have a book called, called we were talking about earlier, called uh, A Called Grimoire and Magical Formulary. And I've about, yeah. I have over 500 formulas in there. Spells, whatever you choose. Yeah, I've read some of it actually. Yeah, yeah. And there, there it is. There we have it on the screen. Yeah. Oh, and I find that everything that I have in the books is because I've actually done them. There is nothing in my books that I don't do. It's not a matter of research. So um, I find that keeps my money flowing because I actually use the formula. So I always put different ones in there because different people resonate to different styles. So you always have a lot of options. But again, I haven't um, missed a bill ever in my life, ever. And with what I do, I don't have a nine-to-five job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Right. So if you explain to people about the money flow, they really don't understand. And that's what I'm trying to do, get people to improve their own lives. One of the um, yeah. rather deeper, I guess, spiritual principles that we attempt to follow, maybe it's because of our particular background, but um, mm-hmm. it is very other-centered. And we notice right. that much of the... Oh, we, we have a um, very important caller here, whom we just mentioned. Uh, we'll, we'll, ben, I'll switch it over. But you can think about this, though. As, as opposed to self-centered, we find the spirituality uh, of whether it be religions, uh, and with some exceptions, and other uh, groups, whether it be... Uh, the New Age approach, if you will, is very self-centered as opposed to uh, other-centered. But, but we'll get into that later. Uh, we have a very exactly. distinguished caller, uh, one of our um, dear friends and occasional guest co-host on the show, Tim Beckley. Yeah, mutual okay. friend. And uh, Tim, uh, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you. You know, I, I, was resting, I was resting very peacefully at the bottom of my Aladdin's lamp, and you must have mentioned my name because I... Third into action. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> 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 you. I do have a two-part question uh, for Maria. Now, I, I noticed in uh, most of the books that we have published in yours, and I think there's uh, seven or eight of them uh, by now, uh, especially in the occult, the grimoire, you use as part of your uh, services to other uh, to individuals that come to you for advice and, uh, and help. You use such things as uh, candles and uh, oils, and how does that actually uh, uh, work uh, to, to benefit people? And the second question is, have you found that this uh, virus that's uh, going around and has incapacitated uh, most of the country has uh, uh, hurt your business, and how do uh, people uh, you know, like uh, work around this and, and get in touch with you? Uh, well, first of all, uh, with the virus part. Okay. Uh, I find that it really hasn't affected anything in my field. Only because whoever needs information and tells them their personal business line, you know, they need it at the time, whether anything else is going on or not. So they will automatically get in touch when they have that need. And I always tell people when they ask how often should they call somebody that's a psychic, I always tell them there's no such thing. It's a matter of when you have an urge, when you have an issue, that's when you call. Because I realize some people in my field tend to go, oh, you have to call me once a week, once a month. That's a money scam. There's no such thing. So if you have an issue, you call. If you don't, you leave it alone. Sometimes people call just to double check that everything's okay. Um, sometimes they're calling about a relationship, how to work and make it better. But I find that like, it's because, you know me, I always work positive. If something is, uh, somebody wants help with something negative, I totally just don't do it. Okay. If they want to get in touch with me, um, you know, they can have, call me, cause, uh, my, actually my cell number is 631-559-1248. Or if they look on my website, which is just my first and last name, MariaDeAndrea.com, it always has all my contact information. Um, but with the virus, I don't find that there's a difference. Sometimes people call um, to see, as an example, if they should go to an event, if it's going to be dangerous for them or not health-wise before they go. And I can tell that. Or they'll call, as an example, just to double check, should they get medical help or not. I always tell them, you really need to get um, 
medical or holistic or whatever type of health, you know, when we go to for a checkup because, you know, we, we basically say this is going to be working this way or not, and it's a matter of free will. So as an example, if I'm saying you really shouldn't go to an event, or let me rephrase it, you should go to an event. Because it's going to be positive, you're going to get a lot out of it, emotionally, business-wise, whatever it is, okay? All that means is they should go, they're not going to catch anything. That doesn't mean that we're going to stand in the middle of 80 people either. You know, it's a matter of common sense. So we work spiritually, but you have to remember we're working spiritually in a physical body. So you're always combining both. Common sense is also good. (laughs) So we work from that. Uh, what was your first question again? I'm sorry. About the use of oils and uh, candles. Oh, got it. Okay, I remember. Very real, uh, ritualistic. Okay. okay. So, first of all, the whole point of using tools uh, are really just two points. One is vibrational, because everything on the planet vibrates. Everything's energy, everything vibrates at a certain rate. So, what we're working is, as an example, um, you know, our bodies are made up of water, a lot of water, right? So, if you look at the vibration of sound, okay, it, uh, it's 110 hertz per second. Okay, so now, if you're working with, with music, as an example, okay, it's going to affect your body uh, in a lot of different ways. Now, if you're looking at candles or oils or anything along that level, what happens is everything has a vibration. They have their own vibration depending on what they're made of, uh, color, uh, even gemstones. Anytime you look at a stone, even something on the street, it has its own vibration. So what you're doing is you're combining the vibration with your intent. Intent is very important because it's focused. And a lot of times people use rituals to help them keep that intent and stay focused on whatever their objective is. Okay, I do tell people, though, anything that they do, and I used to put it in my book, anything they do, we only do positive because you don't want something negative coming back on you. And the whole point is to improve your life spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, mentally. It's to improve your own life and also to help other people because the better you do, the more people you can help. You know, if somebody's starving on the street and you're broke, you're not going to be able to help them. Or if your friend needs a right to work so they don't lose the job and you don't have enough money to buy your own car, you can't help the friend. So you want to improve your life and then you can help more people and help people along the way. But it's intent and vibration. Okay. That, in a way, gets into the uh, self-centered versus other-centered question a little bit. We will get into that a little further. Uh, Tim, uh, anything else for uh, for Maria? Well, no, but I, I would just say to, to uh, uh, the three of you uh, that uh, do stay safe. And I do know Maria uh, living in Long Island. She lives in a town that I think is the worst uh, case scenario as far as the virus goes in New York State. So everybody wear your mask, wash your hands. And read a good book, which would either be a book by uh, uh, Paul Eno or by Tim Beckley or Maria D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Tim, for that. On that note, we'll uh, we'll be in touch off the air. We got to get you back on the show soon. Yes, indeed. Okay, Paul, 
Paul notice I mentioned you first. All right. <laughs> Got to give honor where honor's due, I suppose. Yeah. Have a great day. Have a great day. Thank you, too. Okay. Uh, okay, so, uh, thank you for that, Maria. Uh, we're, we're going to go to uh, a question from, uh, I think, uh, certainly one of our most uh, faithful listeners in the world, uh, Peter from Bogota, Colombia. Ah, uh, yes. Wouldn't be complete without a question no. from Peter. He's, a, uh, he's, a, he's indispensable. So he has a two-part question. So, so we'll start with one. And he's such a such a great, a gracious question asker that he actually breaks it up into yes. <laughs> into ones and twos. So uh, Peter writes to us, I understand you're, you're, you practice rune casting. Uh, can you please explain that? Runes are alleged to have magical powers. Have you experienced this? Well, first of all, definitely experienced it. Rune, and I'm from Europe. I'm a shaman to Hungary. I'm Hungarian. And also I'm an intricate minister, so there's never conflict between anything spiritual, psychic, paranormal. And the runes originally were used more in a cult, you know, to create positive things, um, to decide which direction to go in later on. So it started out with magic, and then it turned into uh, prophecy, you know, to do readings. And then it became the base of the Germanic alphabet. So it's very, very multi-purpose. Uh, what I find is that if I'm doing the reading and I'm checking everything out psychically, because runes, I find, are extremely detailed. And I find when I'm checking something out, technically, a lot of times with runes, it will give you um, metaphysical ways to improve the situation rather than to just say, this is going to work or this is not going to work and why. So it will give you things a lot of times to do, to improve, and or to avoid or to fix. Well, I find if I'm doing a different form of divination, it doesn't always tell me exactly what they can do to improve it. So I tend to look at, I can basically read anything. Too many years. It's a good thing just too many years doing this. However, I like the details personally. Okay. Is there Mm -hmm. another question, then? There is indeed. And the question is, have you ever had any really weird paranormal experiences, and can you share some? Oh, tons. I've been doing this all my life. Feeling of warning, like you really shouldn't move closer. Uh, so it's really 
uh, gives you a feeling of not fear, but close to it. It's just letting you know, don't come closer. And again, being who I am, I try to move closer. <laughs> yeah, that would be me, too. <laughs> you know what? So I try, because now I'm curious. I want to know who these people are, or whatever they are. And I moved a little bit closer, and I got a stronger warning. So the next time, and again, you know, I, I tend to ignore that. <laughs> so when I went to move closer, I realized all of a sudden I didn't know who I was, what I was, where I was. When I looked around, all I saw was gray. You feel like you're standing on the floor, but obviously you don't have one. So everything's just gray around you. And uh, I thought, okay, now I don't know anything. And I'm thinking to myself, well, okay, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I am, which was scary. And I thought, okay, let me do this. If I look down, I will see my body, and I will know who I am. And I looked down. There was nothing there, and it counted me, and I snapped right back to my body. That was my first time. <laughs> so I waited a while before I had to try that again. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, we're going to take I'm sorry, we're going to take our bottom of the hour break. Uh, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. And our amazing guest, Maria DeAndrea, will be right back. The night is alive. Join us and take a walk on the weird side when you tune in to The Kingdom of Nye, hosted by Heather Wade, the finest in late-night talk. Listen live free weeknights starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time at thekingdomofnye.com, talkstreamlive.com, and the Paranormal Radio app. Want to take a ride? Get down to brass tacks at home with me, Bob Vila, and my tip of the day every day right here. Bob Vila's Home Improvement Tip of the Day can only be heard on ON AM and FM every weekday at 6.50 in the morning. Bob Vila's Home Improvement Tip of the Day is brought to you by Cumberland Kitchen and Bath Design Center. Bob Vila's Home Improvement Tip of the Day on ON Radio. Local and live at 99.5 FM. Okay, uh, we are, are we on? We are. Okay, good. You're listening to, uh, we're back at Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM in the Blackstone River Valley of New England, and we're speaking with Maria D'Andrea uh, on all sorts of interesting subjects that we usually don't cover on the show. So, Maria, um, it's did you have any uh, further answer to um, the question from Bogota on... Uh, your psychic, I should say, your paranormal experiences? Because that was pretty well, remarkable. Oh, I really am. <laughs> that was what? A pretty remarkable. It actually sounded like something of a Zen experience, you know, <laughs> what they call the, the don't know mind, something that, that we rely on a lot for our own spirituality. You know, so. Well, um, I, find, I find I have, um, well, the experiences, first of all, I know some of them sound strange. However, I've always been psychic and I grew up with this, so. To me, they're normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we get into um, anything, anything else here, I just I can't help but ask this. Uh, there's been increasing interest in what we call the flashing nexus. This is something that I kind of ran into totally unexpectedly in the early 1970s, and I just had never heard of anything like it before. And it's it's the shifting of consciousness 
from and the first people I heard about it from were were you know had been on an operating table and uh, one of them had not even gone into a, an a anesthesia yet and all of a sudden he was the doctor or he was one of the nurses or he was someone driving by in a car outside the hospital. And I'd never heard of anything like that before. And, and some of what you say sounds almost like something like the flashing nexus. Okay. Uh, sometimes, well, I find I haven't had that exact experience unless I do it consciously. Yeah. Okay, so I, I think that's consciously. But basically what that is, it's a link or connection where you can have uh, guidance that you receive, usually from your higher self or connecting to somebody else. So it's more of a dimensional shift. As an example, this might be a little bit helpful. Uh, I find, because I can do that consciously, I've actually had this experience. Years ago, I was hiking because, you know, very active. (laughs) And I was hiking in the cat field. And I ran, I was by myself, and I ran across a deer. So I'm looking at the deer. They're standing there looking at me, you know, because they can tell that you're not a threat. Animals can sense that. Pets, mm. animals, they can sense it. So we're looking at each other for a little while, and all of a sudden I felt like I was in the body of the deer looking out at the forest and the scenery and just be feeling very, very calm. And what actually surprised me, more than shifting into the animal, it was more that when I was looking out through its eyes, everything was black, white, gray, you know, different shades of gray. There wasn't any color, and honestly, I would have expected color. So it, it's funny how some of those things happen. And then, you know, after a while, I just came back to me. It kind of looked at me, and it went away. <laughs> yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So we can shift into something consciously, but we only do that if it's okay with um, the animal as an example. We don't do anything invasive. That's negative. Yeah, right, right. Uh, does Peter have another question, Ben, or, or was that? Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about metaphysics, uh, Maria. Now, mm-hmm. now I, I, my degree is in philosophy, so we studied some something about metaphysics and the ancient Greeks mm-hmm. have done that. And it's essentially the branch of philosophy that examines the fundamental nature of what things really are. Uh, and the term metaphysics comes up in your work, and could you talk about that a little? Okay. Well, I tend to look at metaphysics as a science where you're investigating cause, uh, existence, knowledge. So I tend to look at it as a science. Again, that's more from our European background, probably. But... Uh, metaphysics, I tend to look at it as it's a way for, it's a tool. So it's a way for us to improve lives. And I always feel the whole focus of spirituality is to raise yourself to a higher vibration and to be able to help people. I, I don't know why people forget we're supposed to be helping each other. Right. So anytime you can have help somebody else, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Your first priority should be other people. That's why, and it's really fun, that's why I write books and I do seminars, because I want people to do things for themselves. And I've actually had people in my field get very upset with me because I'm teaching real information, so they're saying, well, then they're not going to need us. The point is for them not to need us. (laughs) The point is for everybody to have a better life. And... Whoever we can help is going to come to us. Whoever we can't help, we should leave them alone. 
I, I hate when people are com- trying to convert people. It doesn't matter if it's a concept, a thought, a religion, a belief system, you know, whatever everybody believes, whatever they're doing, that's what's right for their path. You know, so really, we should leave them alone. <laughs> okay. One thing <laughs> we wanted to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Now, saying metaphysics, I really feel, is a very ancient science. They keep changing the word on me. Now it's metaphysics. But basically, uh, it's cause and effect. Huh. All right. Yeah. Another and thing we wanted, nature, of course. wanted to get your thoughts on, too, was um, the use of you know, the, the uh, integration of magical thinking, or metaphysical thinking, if you want to use that term, into modern life. Now, th- th- and those are fighting words for some people because people think there's not enough critical thinking or sometimes not enough <laughs> thinking at all going on in our society. Um, <laughs> what say you on that? Um, how would magical thinking, in the sense of, of, of metaphysical, you know, looking beyond the uh, day-to-day, you know, knock-on-wood reality, um, such as it is, uh, how how would that be? Well, I think we should first define what magical thinking is. Very true, Ben. So, what is what is magical thinking? You asking me or asking Maria? <laughs> it's a gen- general question for the floor. Okay. Maria? <laughs> okay. Magical thinking means that we understand nature enough to know that we can work with it to create things. So we're not looking at it as. Uh, this is exactly what's going on. We have no choice. We can't change it. We can't move on it. We look at it as more of a flow of flexibility and intent and free will. But I really feel that we're always working on both realities. We're working with magic and we're working with mundane. So you have to work on an intellectual level and look at, okay, this is what's really going on in my life. This is where I would like to be in the future. And then on the magical level, you can say, okay, what uh, direction do I use or what formula do I use to get me there? So I always think it's a combination. Yeah, I kind of like that. So it'll be a unified approach to thinking. Yes. Yeah, okay. Because I really feel you need both. Your spirit, but you're living in a physical body. We're meant to use both. So anytime you use only one, it isn't negative or positive because that's your path, but it's more limiting. Hmm. Ben, any thoughts on it? Uh, yes. Um, so what is the difference between, let's say, prayer and meditation and magic? Or is there a difference? Uh, there's a difference. They're all correlated, so you really should be doing meditation and. <laughs> so, uh, the difference is this. When you're doing prayer, prayer is a request. Okay. So, say you're doing prayer to, you know, whoever your belief system calls for. And it's a matter of either it will be answered or not. And the way I look at it is this. Say you have a friend that's going to the supermarket, and you say to your friend, you know, uh, can you pick something up for me? They'll either say yes or no. You asked as a request. Now, prayer does work, you know, but again, it's still a request. If you're doing magic, you're working specific um, techniques to get to the outcome. So you know it's going to work. That's well, the difference. Okay. It's as, as a very basic way of saying that. All right. Uh, well, that's where we could part ways. I mean, there are, <clears throat> in Western society, people think prayer is saying prayers, saying words, whereas at least uh, in our opinion, uh, prayer is a state of being. 
It's a it's a state that, and you know, I, I would go way beyond requests. There's contemplative prayer. There's you know. However, I think we might agree with you in the sense that, or at least I would, that uh, magic, in in the uh, best sense of the word, is perhaps prayer taken to the next level. Ah, yeah, I would differ with you there. Yeah. For one, yeah, really good. good. The, the producers well, would be delighted yeah. that we're finally disagreeing. On <laughs> I would argue. Well, you, you know, well, you know what it is too. The way I look at prayer is this: um, I look at prayer, like I said, you know, as a request. But there are different types. All right, like you were saying, there are different types. So there are different styles of prayer that are actually cause and effect. But I'm talking about the prayer that most people do. You know, when they're praying um, for an uh, for an outcome, you know, they're not using a specific type of prayer. Okay, well, different, that... you know, different different techniques. Meditation, I feel, is very important because meditation is the link between man and spirit. So, if you're meditating, what you're actually doing is you're learning how to tune in to um, intuitive information to the universe. So, whether you're getting an urge. Uh, to do something, say, in business, your romantic life, or in any other part of your life. It's giving you information, uh, you know, depending on the technique you use, of course, for meditation. So there's two types. There's the meditation for information, with getting guidance. And a lot of it really is just opening up your subconscious mind and your higher self. It's not always tuning into a source. The other type of meditation is guided meditation, where somebody with knowledge will pick a point with you such as, um, you know, whatever outcome you want, such as getting ahead in business or in your personal life. And what they're going to do is they're going to create a meditation that fits that. So they will talk you through the meditation so you can visualize it and focus on it and place your intent out there. All right. Uh, so ben, really but ben, you were, you were going to comment on... Uh uh, magic versus prayer. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. Sure thing. Right. So uh, I, I have to. I have to rewind a little bit. Um, Okey doke. <laughs> so right. You have. You have this sort of idea of of magic, right? And you know, it's mm-hmm. it's old school. Whatever. Cool. Great. The the sort of the goal. Oh, God. I have to rewire my brain real quick. Maybe we should define gears. magic. <laughs> right. Well, we we already kind of did. We already yeah, right. we already kind of yeah. defined magic as, you know, you do A and B and you will get C. And, you know, you, you but with prayer as if we're if we're going to go with it as a request, which, you know, in, in a lot of modern senses that's pretty much what it is. I think it's the idea of understanding ourselves ontologically, right? So, you know, this goes far <laughs> beyond understanding um you know, the meaning of certain phrases, it comes down to how we live our lives in general, right? And how we sort of exist in the world. So the point of view that we are given here is that we are both, we are, you know, spirit and matter, that's it, right? Am I, am I correct, Maria? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if we're, if we're going with that, we're completely forgetting about not the intellect, but the mind. There's a very big distinction between the two, right? So the mind is how we right. deal with spiritual concepts. And the mind is also a separate entity in this equation. So, in effect, instead of being a two-dimensional being, we're a three-dimensional being in a metaphysical sense. And when we're talking about metaphysics, we're going with the old-school Greek meaning of beyond the physics. When the physics ends, what is there? And in this sense, we have ourselves ontologically as three different things sort of you know, brought into one that is you know, how, how we exist. 
So in this sense, prayer is a unification of all three of those things. So rather than asking for, well, you know, I could really use a new car, God, can you give me a new car? You know, and, you know, in Mm -hmm. this sense, instead of, you know, doing a couple of magical things and then saying, I want car and then get car, you know, instead of forgetting ourselves and reorienting reality in this sense, magic kind of breaks that link. And we force reality how we want it to be rather than how it should be. Am I making myself clear? I think so, yeah. Yes. So yeah, in, definitely. So in, in this sense, right, so magic is, is, is very, very different from prayer in that sense. Rather than a forgetting of self and moving beyond, in, in my opinion, this is a reinforcing <laughs> of self. And it is a reinforcing of I'm going to make reality how I want it to be. And it's very, very much right. materially focused rather than extra material. Make sense? Yeah, Maria? Right. Well, I find, first of all, um, when you're focused on an outcome, it could be emotional, uh, intellectual, you know, physical, you know, in the mundane world. However, I also feel, getting back to prayer a little bit, uh, and the metaphysics combined, they're all words of power. So if you're using power words you can, and you put that into a prayer, you're going to have a different result than doing prayer in general and just saying, God, I need help in this area. Okay, And now that doesn't mean prayers are not answered. I think prayers are uh, a powerful tool. But I think if you add in words of power where you're really focused on your intent when you're doing prayer, I think your result is going to be a little bit different than just vaguely asking you know, the universe or whoever you believe in to help you. All right. Because, you know, we really are working emotionally, physically, mentally, uh, you know, all different levels, and we're in so many different realms at the same time. Yeah, if you go back to the holographic universe, you know, we're doing everything at the same time and not necessarily the same results. Well, then, then yeah. here's then so, here's the final question that I would have for you. Mm-hmm. Why is magic always focused on the material world? It really isn't. It depends on the practitioner. Okay. So as an example, if you have somebody where they're just all they're focused on is becoming, you know, rich and buying a castle and you know moving up on that level, that's going to be all their focus. If somebody is more focused on health. That's going to be their focus. I think the issue is that what you hear about the most are people trying to achieve material gain. Or if they're working on their emotional life. Um, I know people where they're working on romantic connections to connect better. They're not always asking on a psychic level, as an example, you know, um, I really need more money. You know, they could be asking them in a great relationship, how they can, how can they keep it going? I used to work with the military for a while, and wonderful, wonderful gentlemen, by the way. A uh, little crazy when they got together, <laughs> but nice people, you know. And all they really needed was somebody to track down, you know, different situations, uh, different locations, you know, physical locations. So I was just tracking for them. So, you know, they're not even going to be thinking about emotionally what they're doing, what direction they're going in. Everything is just based on that. If you're, uh, if I have a businessman calling, he's only calling about business. Okay. If somebody is trying to get into a relationship, as an example, or have a better relationship with people or their health, then that's all they're asking about. So along that note, 
gone, we cover all the different areas. Unfortunately, most of what you hear is more about material and finance. They don't seem to mention healing and the other areas that, you know, it encompasses. And I don't know why, because the whole point is to help everybody do better in everything. Yeah. Did you work with Project Stargate? No. Okay. Um, I know you probably, it's a loaded question, because I know there's a lot of stuff you can't talk about. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I would love to, but, you know, I don't want to get... No, I, I've been there, done that, I, you know. And, oh, no, I haven't worked with Project to, Stargate, but no, you know, I've had know, a clearance, I, I realize to, how, uh, how strict <laughs> no, that is. You know, I'd, be, I'd be calling you for bail money. <laughs> okay, no, 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 I respect that, very good. Okay. No, I, I have to laugh because I'm saying now you'd have to go and do the money spell so that you can get me out. <laughs> right, okay. Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. Um, no. One of the things that, that has come up a lot lately uh, is the notion of spirits in the sense of, you know, most people think ghosts are spirits of dead people and all this business. But a phys- and now, now, we're not physicists. We, we work with some of the concepts, but we, we consult with uh, people at times. But a physicist, uh, two of them at least, have told us that spirits in the classical 19th century sense of the word, you know, disembodied mm-hmm. people, uh, are not possible mm-hmm. under the laws of physics, at least in this particular world, and it might be possible in others. But um, how do you deal with it? Do you ever get the impression that you're dealing with, um, I don't know how much you deal with, uh, you know, discarnate no, humans, as they're called. I mean, I don't think that's what that mm-hmm. is. But uh, what, what are your impressions in that regard? Do you think it could be uh, something more than... Uh, just the remnants of people? Uh, it depends on the spirit because ghosts and spirits, there are a lot of different types. You know, so as an example, you have uh, you have spirits that are basically remnants of uh, vibration. So as an example, let me explain it this way. Say somebody passed away in a house, and it's more, say, memory, let me put it like that. So they passed away in the house, they moved on to whatever they had moved on to, but they had a traumatic death. Okay, so the vibration of that is going to stay in the house for a while. It's like watching a rerun of a movie. The spirit's not there. Did that make sense? Well, not really, no. I mean, okay. our, our okay, experience so let, let me, as ghost well, no, researchers... That's no, that I'm saying that's one of. There's so many different types. Oh no, 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 yeah, yeah, it, it makes sense as far yeah. as it goes. Yeah, right. Now, on the other hand, um, I find that when I speak to a spirit, especially, and it's not always somebody that passed away. Sometimes spirits are in a different realm that have never incarnated, right? or um, they're at a distance and they're not. They don't quite look like us, <laughs> right? But they're different levels. On the other hand, when I speak to people that passed away, um, sometimes I see them, sometimes I hear them, sometimes it's both, sometimes I just know, and I find that I get very definite information. So as an example, if they passed away and uh, illness, and I always tell people, don't tell me ahead of time what you're going to ask in a reading. I do the reading first, and they can ask whatever they want at the end, because I want to make sure that they understand I'm not giving them an answer or reading triggered from their question. So the questions are only at the end. So I can tell them what the person looks like. Um, I can tell them some traits so that they know I'm tuning into the person that they're looking for, that they're checking on, rather than 
you know, random. You know, I love when people go, is every John in your life? No. Okay. How about a joke? You know, eventually they're going to hit on somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so, I think so, yeah. Yeah, you know. All right. You know, <clears throat> so, All right. So, I, you know, so okay. you're coming in though for information. All right. Well, uh, be that as it may, uh, we're almost out of time. So, Maria, uh, tell us again <laughs> about uh, your website, your books, where people can find out more. Oh, okay. The books are on Amazon, uh, also with my publisher, Tim Beckley, and with NLI Publications. And my contact information is cell number 631-559-1248. My email address is just my first initial last name, so it's M-D-A-N-D-R-E-A-100 at gmail.com. And my website is just mariadandrea.com. My contact is always on there. And basically, with the book, I have a lot of books out. So, <laughs> depending on what you're interested in, all the books basically are how you can do things for yourself. And like the um, the Cold Grimoire and Magical Formulary book, that has, like I said, at least over 500 ways that you can improve on your life and help other people. Okay. All right. Well, Maria, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, and, it's been a lot uh, of fun. Yeah, and we'll be in touch off the air. Oh, yeah. And uh, a lot of interesting concepts. Great. And thank you so much for having me on the air. This was so much fun. You guys are great. Very good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, folks. It's a pleasure. Okay. All right. Let's get to our announcements. Uh, Needless to say, all of our live appearances have been canceled because of the global pandemic. However, uh, keep an eye on the Behind the Paranormal YouTube channel for charity event we're working on. And uh, that may take the form of, of a show. We may have a guest. Uh, we're thinking of um, ways to approach that now, and we'll see uh, see how it goes. Yeah, indeed we will. So assuming we're out of this crisis by the fall, uh, we plan to be back at the Exeter UFO Festival on Labor Day weekend. That's September 5th and 6th as speakers and to do our fifth annual live broadcast from the uh, historic Exeter Town Hall on Sunday the 6th at noon. Uh, the event is, is sponsored by the Exeter Area Kiwanis Club to raise funds for local children's charities. And uh, we did hear from the organizers this past week, and as <clears throat> we are, they're, they're looking at various alternatives. <clears throat> the, the hope is that the event will be able to take place live, at least in some form, mm. uh, but other alternatives are being looked at, and we will certainly keep you posted as, uh, as time goes by on that. Indeed. Uh, we also hope to be back at the uh, certainly the Greater New England UFO Conference in Lemonster, Massachusetts on Columbus Day weekend, which is somewhat you know, a month later, so maybe we'll be in better luck with that. Uh, I will be the keynote speaker to mark the 50-year work anniversary in paranormal research, and I'm very honored uh, to have been asked to do that. Uh, check out our books, including Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, and Behind the Paranormal 2, Bigfoot, Mothman, and Monsters You Never Heard of. And now, Dancing Past the Graveyard, Poltergeist, Parasites, Parallel Worlds, and God. Uh, they're available from online retailers and in some stores, but autographed copies can be obtained from the official online bookstore at BehindTheParanormal.com. We're also going to be placing on that site, Ben, uh, works by our uh special guest co-hosts as well. Uh, That would include uh, certainly uh, Kathleen Marden, who uh, made a big hit last week, and her debut was a 
guest co-host. Indeed. Been a guest many times. And uh, uh, Bill Burns, uh, mm-hmm. f- formerly of UFO Hunters, famous guy that way. And uh, we'll uh, we'll have those up hopefully this week. And certainly Tim Beckley as well. And uh, hopefully eventually Shane will write something. And <laughs> Well, Shane, Shane's working with us on our UFO book uh, that's in process right now. So Shane is going to be in there in the author's stable uh, along with uh, uh, all the others. Wonderful. So um, anyway, uh, also at BehindTheParanormal.com, you can find out about a lot of cases and things of that of that kind that we've been working on and uh, all sorts of information. So um, we've got charities there, Ben, too? Uh, yes, and don't forget about our 850-plus free podcasts on our show website. And also, if you listen to us on the major uh, podcast platforms, that includes iTunes. We're also on Spotify, uh, YouTube, and the Paranormal Radio app. Uh, if you have the ability to leave us a rating or a comment or a subscription or whichever, really, really would help us out and help us grow our show. Uh, there are also plenty of links to all the charities that we've adopted on the show on our show website. That includes USA Cares, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, Helping Haiti's Orphans, uh, Youth Mentoring Connections in Los Angeles, the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, the Sisterhood of Ground Zero, along with the Milk Fund here in Northern Rhode Island. All right, so what's, uh, what do we got for next week, Ben? So next week uh, we will. Uh, that's uh, May twenty fourth. Wow, geez, Labor Day, uh, Labor Day, Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day, Memorial weekend, Day yeah. weekend. I don't know why. I always get those two holidays confused for some well, reason. Well, we're always out doing something at uh, some events those weekends. Yeah, I know. It's kind of weird not to do anything. Um, we'll bring you a show on a seldom studied subject, and that is weird aromas and smells that manifest as part of paranormal phenomena. And our guest will be author and researcher uh, Joshua Kuchin. Cutchin? Cutchin, yeah. Cutchin, yes. Isn't that an interesting subject? I can't wait for that. Yeah, we've never yeah. really discussed that, have we? We'll have we? some uh, pungent uh, comments uh, <laughs> to, to share on that. Okay. Uh, really stinks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we'll leave you this afternoon with a thought from the uh, 13th century Persian theologian and poet Rumi, uh, one of my favorite guys. Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time on our our next paranormal journey, Behind the Paranormal, next time. Next time. (laughs) Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.